Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Check out these next episodes, State of Mind. We're going to look into the mind to suffer, the mind of agreement, the discernment, And I pray that you'll hear things that will provoke you, that will open you up to the fabulous aspect of our inheritance in Christ, is that we have his mind. We can think like him, we can live like him. And oh, my friends, this hour of history is crying out for a people made ready for him. All right, let's continue on in learning what it means to live in his state of mind. State of mind, the, the current condition and ability. You, you see, he really means for us to live in deep abiding oneness with him. And this, this calls for an agreement that does not come from just some rote Uh, remembering of the word or parroting what we hear, but a deep, deep agreement that only he can bring. Now, this is how Jesus himself lived. And I've talked about this many times of being brought into agreement with the Father um, in what he's doing, what he's saying in his ways, the way he carries it out. Jesus said in John 14, 30 and 31, he said, you know, the devil's coming, but he don't have anything in common with me, and I have nothing in common with him, but yet he's still coming. And he said, and and Jesus shows what his strategy is, if you will. He says, but I am in 100% agreement with my father's orders. This is so powerful. So powerful. And Jesus lived this way. This is an aspect of his mind. In the previous episode, I mentioned about the pie chart, (laughs) the the aspect of the mind to suffer. That's within the mind of Christ. This agreement, the ability to agree with the Father is there and his presence. Everything you need, everything you need is there, but will you allow it to be developed by remaining. And this is why the mind to suffer is so very key. It's key to understand it, right? Because there is no life without suffering. There is no life without pain. There is no life without rejection. You just have to decide who you're going to live in. I'm no longer living in my rejections. I've entered into his. What do I mean by that? Well, because he said, those who love me will love you and those who hate me will hate you. Okay. I've decided, you see, as He has relieved me of my burdens, of my rejections, and he has ushered me into his, and I count it as a privilege and a delight. Now, where does that come from? Out of the view. I've been in the fight of my life, right? I'm making a fit reception for him. I'm being brought into agreement with him. There's a clear path through me, right? I'm not misunderstanding what he means by that. I'm not saying I have the full and complete understanding, but I'm not sitting around taking up my time and God's time trying to get him to stop everybody from rejecting me. (laughs) I'm not praying like that. 
I don't see like that. I understand it's on the way. I understand that it's there. I understand that it's going to come at me. That's as I'm identified with him. I'm not looking to have rejection. Trust me, I'm not signing up for pain and suffering, right? But I understand by the mind of Christ, as he's shown me this, as I've decided to be a load-bearing person, to, to, to walk with him, to, to be an extension of his authority in the earth, an expression of his way of life. I mean, that's what his heart has always wanted. So I understand that it's present. I don't, I'm not saying I like it. I'm not reveling in it. But I don't sit around thinking that there's some Christian utopia that I'm, I'm trying to accomplish, that I'm trying to finally reach. No, there's a pain that, that literally it says in 2 Corinthians 7, 9, and 10 that if I allow him to direct my pain, with it will come deliverance, salvation, and no regret. Oh, great. I'm like, yes, I'm coming out of my own pain management. I don't want to manage my pain right? I want to let him direct that pain. And then I know it is going to produce. I am not looking to suffer uh, in the sense that I think, oh, you know, I've, I've just got to suffer and I have to carry all these burdens. I guess it's my cross to bear. No, no, no. The cross is where he bore all my burdens and I am uh, relieved of those. Ah, now I can, I can now receive the true burden of the Lord. There is a burden of the Lord, right? And it shall not crush me. Why? Because I am in a yoke with him and it's he who carries and yet we're in it together. But here's what happens when you look into the scripture. You can see this in many of the books I've mentioned here on Tent Talk many times in the past. Uh, Character of God's Workman by Watchman Nee. Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. So I, I want you to, to understand that oftentimes because we don't have the mind to endure and to persevere, or if we do, we're still trying to do it in our human strength, we don't understand Oftentimes, again, this is part of the view. This is the way we're going to fight, uh, the right fight, and gather up the spoils of Jesus's victory, right, in our generation, right, is that we have to understand that we're, we're here crossing over uh, and to go on and continue on with him to build. There is so much that he's about to do. And, and so those are load-bearing people, right, who will, who will stay with him. That Again, they're not status quo people. I'm, I'm saying to you, you are not status quo people. <laughs> Stop that, okay? Stop all that status quo. Like, no, I'm happy. I just want everything to stay like it is. Why does everything have to change? Because the Father is moving. Because he is shifting. Right? Because... The minute that we get satisfied, we stop. The minute we reach what we think is the end, we stop. No, no. No, no. We continue on. We abide. We remain. We stay. And so this is a part of coming into that. So I just want to share this with you in this state of mind is is understanding. Now, again, not doing an entire teaching on this, but hopefully enough to whet your appetite, to cause a hunger to spring up within you, right? Is that many times the people of God in the scripture, five that I know of, 
where their cycles of bondage came around again and again and again. They would get into bondage. They would suffer. They would cry out. God would come. He would deliver them. Oh, they would thank him and swear they were going to stay with him all that time. And uh, then it wasn't very long again until they were in the same bondage, crying out. He would deliver them. Okay. But here is a part of what keeps all of us cycling because our state of mind is one that we're like, oh, thank you for that miracle. Thank you for that deliverance. Thank you for that answered prayer. And then we begin to settle down. We begin to settle down, right, in that newfound freedom. But Deverne Fromke talks about this so wonderfully in his book, Ultimate Intention, where he says, though, every time God delivered them, why did they end up in bondage again? Is because they did not understand why they'd been made free. They did not understand who they were to God. They did not understand. And if they did, they did not choose him as their point of living. That's the whole reason that they existed. There was something he desired in them and with them. And they rejected that. They used him for their own deliverance. They used him to get what they needed in the moment. But what happened was because they were not willing to live in continuous. Now here comes state of mind. A continuous and progressive revelation of him, what he's after, who they are to him, uh, how to mature, how to continue on. So they were never, if you will, the holy nation unto him that they were destined for. And those cycles of bondage came again and again and again because they wanted the status quo. They wanted the status quo. And every time they got comfortable and settled down, it says they began to play the whore. They, they began to, to, you know, be lovers to, you know, whoever would have them. And, and the bondage continued and continued. So you see, this is a part of our state of mind. Do we understand that the perseverance isn't just me gutting it out and being stoic? My friends, many of us have done that in the mind of the flesh. And we were quite proud of all of our endurance and we are strong and we don't faint like the wimps and we don't, you know, whine and cry and all that. My friends, that's not the same as the mind of Christ. (laughs) In Hebrews, it says that Jesus with strong tears and crying cried out to the one who could deliver him out from inside of death. Hmm? Oh, there's, there's a place for strong crying and tears, I assure you. When we are in that place of truly going on, see, Jesus was continuing on, right? The mind to suffer that he would rather suffer than fail to please the Father. My friends, that comes out of a lifetime of loving, being loved by him, uh, loving him, maturing in the mind of Christ. The human mind, the mind of the flesh isn't going to have any part of that. And so one thing we want to, again, to discern, right, is we want to know if we're in cycles of bondage where we have forgotten why we've been set free. We, we were set free unto him. Our freedom is unto God. And when we learn to live free unto him, my friends, now, now you're going to start living. 
And then we will be the pioneers, the finishers, right? Pioneers are starting and they come up against many obstacles. They continue on. And pioneers in the spirit are those who will finish and there will be great joy. There, there will be, even in the midst of suffering, there is a joy that comes from knowing I'm with him. Because I'm just going to tell you, my friends, there is no other motivation. Here's your state of mind. <laughs> there is no other motivation to live this way, to continue on, to give him a fit reception. Let's make ready a people in spirit. All these things that we say, there is no other motivation for that. People are not my motivation. He and he alone, right? He says, I'll will it and I'll perform it. He's put the will within my new nature, my truest desire. And the more that it matures, right? I find that I think like Jesus and I can make decisions like Jesus in my life. So we want to make sure that we recognize, do we have cycles of bondage that we get free? We start living and we forget, we forget how we got in bondage and we're just on a new high and we think everything's going to be fine. And here comes that Christian utopia is that, you know, I just think everything's going to be fine from here on out. It's like, where, where does this come from? Right? Jesus knew, well, the enemy only backs up for a uh, for a bit, you know, for a more opportune time. See, that's the maturing mindset of a son. Is he? De- I'm not seeing a devil behind every doorknob, but I do know that he is going to, he's going to assert himself again, right? I don't have to live on high alert myself. That's the hypervigilance of survival skills uh, that comes out of the mind of the flesh when you, when you are living independent of God. No, this is a discernment and a soberness and a, an alertness that comes from being drunk in the spirit, right? It's going to cause you to be sharp. There is a drunkenness in the spirit that will cause you to be sharp. Spiritual sobriety brings a sharpness, comes out of the mind of Christ. So it continues on, right? If we recognize cycles of bondage and he's exposing the state of mind of the flesh And he's going to begin to reveal to you the state of mind, the mind of Christ, that I was made free to live unto him. And then we begin to, ah, okay, so that mind begins to mature. And so now as the mind is maturing and we realize that we're going to walk with him and, and there, there is. Uh, going to be, you know, we're load-bearing people, right? He's looking for the, now the measure, whatever measure he's put with on you. You're not called to carry my measure. I'm not called to carry yours. I'm called to carry the measure that he's put within me and the capacity, all of those things. And so this is why I say to people, you understand he's getting us ready for something. So I I learned this years ago and I'm going to, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. If all you are seeing are giants, my friends, you're headed in the right direction because there are giants that are still squatting on land that Jesus has a double right to, right? You understand that the, the, the people of Israel, the the nation of Israel, they never went and dispossessed the enemy because they kept cycling through and wasting their freedom. They didn't live in continuous revelation. The mind was not continuing to open up to God. 
They got satisfied and stopped. But if we're going to be load-bearing people that are going in in our generation to make a way for him in the hearts of people, okay, I keep trying to bring this big picture back because you have to cultivate the big picture. Otherwise, all this, the minutia will wear you out. There's the big picture of what the Father is after when you live God-centered. So if all you see are giants, my friends, you're headed in the right direction. There are giants on the land. The issue isn't, right, you know, do you want to, um, you know, just kill giants, right? But to, to see those things brought down because they come up against our God. But see, if, if we were, uh, I think people are not as afraid of giants as they are they're afraid of becoming giant killers. Because if you take down giants, my friend, then you have to take possession and responsibility for the territory. Hmm? Did you see how I got you there? <laughs> right? In this state of mind, right? If we cannot bear under pressure, if we're not load-bearing, if we don't have the mind to suffer being developed within us, Right? Then when we see giants, we faint. But we are those, my friends, that are not here to submit to stupid, senseless, satanic sufferings. We are those who say, oh, no, mm -mm. I'm not going to just be submitting to just anything. But I am looking to submit to the will of my Father. That I will endure. Those sufferings I will endure because they're going to produce Right? Because those are the ones he is leading me into. That is what will be required because of the state of things, the condition of things, the hour in which we live, that which is required. So there's such a transforming within that has already taken place. And now the, the, the inner transformation is breaking out in the way we actually see things, the way we live, the way that we carry on right, with him, and that we will finish. We will. So I'm going to pick this up in our next episode. So stay with me, because the state of mind, my friends, oh, it's about to shift, I believe. Love you all. Thank you for listening today. Before we go, I have one final ask and a new bit of info. If you like our content here at Tent Talk, Hit the share button to tell someone about it and subscribe at nancymccready.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss another episode. Also, be sure to look in the episode notes and see where you can download the conversation guide. There you will find questions and you will be able to use those with your friends, your team, your small group, and we hope that it really does provoke you deeper into your process of life with him. All of our podcasts here at Tent Talk are listener supported and your gifts at nancymccready.com are greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining me here and I look forward to our next time together. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccready.com or follow her on social media at nbmccready.com.